Hello everyone, Guy here. First off, I wanted to apologize for this episode being as late as it is, and the audio issues present in the episode. Secondly, this episode deals with some rather heavy subjects, including mortality, trauma, and a mention of suicide. Lastly, I want to get a little real with all of you for a moment. The world right now feels pretty volatile, and that can be really overwhelming. I should know. It's at times like this when mental health is at its most important. I've provided a document in the show notes with a lot of really good resources, and if you have the emotional energy, check in on the people you care about. Any amount of good, no matter how small you think it is, makes life that much better. And sometimes just the act of offering a hand is all the help someone needs. With that, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disk Space, the monthly podcast where we all play video games and then talk about it. I'm sure that's very descriptive and doesn't describe, you know, about a million other podcasts on the platform. But I'm guy. <laughs> this month we're playing Final Fantasy IX. Who else do we got with us? There's Tony, the marketing director of Fasty Nonsense, and I suggested this game because it's like my favorite. Wow. Or it is my favorite, I guess. Not like my favorite. But you like it, and it is your favorite. That is valid. Who else we got? Hello, I'm new. <laughs> my name is Azrael. I'm new. This is my first time doing this, so this is going to be a great experience, everyone. Final Fantasy IX is my favorite Final Fantasy. Is it the best yeah. Final Fantasy? It has the best character in Final Fantasy, so does that answer your question? But it that's is how we met. We bonded <laughs> so. over Final Fantasy IX at Dragon Con. It's true. <laughs> that's how Tony I met Tony. For like four hours straight. <laughs> that's a different story. It's it's true. I still have not untangled my wig from that, um, but it's right, fine. A lot to unpack there. Oh my god, who was that? <laughs> Uh, I'm Hannah. I am from Ghosts on a Train, and I guess Super Suits at least soon. I don't know when this is coming out. Soon, TM. I I don't play video games. You don't play video games, and yet this is the second episode you've been on. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm the podcast token non-video game person. <laughs> you experience. Only sort, of. Only sort of. I'm Greg. I'm the person who actually played the video game uh, while Hannah uh, was present and voiced characters uh with me i'm i'm, I'm also from ghost on a train I, I i gm and edit it and uh <laughs> yeah i i played ff9 as a kid uh but on my neighbor's playstation one um so they wouldn't let me save and they wouldn't let me borrow it because i didn't return games often <laughs> so oh no i really enjoyed uh the first bit up until the end of the ice cavern two or three times, so very nostalgic for me. Very nostalgic first hour or two. <laughs> they didn't let you save what is memory card real estate was that fucking strict then? Apparently. <laughs> Alright, so Tony, you picked out this game. This is actually like kind of a 
a replacement for your original choice, which is Dark Souls 3. Should have been a very different episode. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a way different vibe. Why Why Final Fantasy 9, other than that it is, you know, your favorite? It's something I guess we'll talk about more, but, like, this game kind of ends up helping me, like, reflect on a lot of different parts of my life because I see myself in various aspects of various characters. Yeah. And I recently just got a giant Final Fantasy 9 tattoo of Steiner and Vivi, so sure I guess did. I was feeling nostalgic. It kicks ass. Yeah, Final Fantasy 9. Let us begin at the beginning. And, well, Tony, you've already played it about a million times. Greg and Hannah. Let's let's start with let's start with Hannah because this is kind of like your first real experience touching the game. But what did you think? I had a good time. Uh, so for for background, I guess um, I did not actually play this game. Uh, Greg and I are roommates. Oh my god, they're roommates. Yeah, and al- also friends, I guess technically. <laughs> um, what happened? The way we did this was Greg played the game, and I sat there and watched Greg play the game, and also we read the dialogue for all the characters together in funny voices. So I I have no real uh, commentary that I can offer on the gameplay because I simply did not engage with that. But I thought that there was a there was a nice charming set of characters and a big world to play in, which was very fun. I can't identify a time in the course of watching Greg play the game that I was not like having a good time, which is rare for me. I'm extremely critical. <laughs> That's high praise. Um, and I do have criticisms. We'll we'll get there. Not to worry. But I was having. Just having a very nice time the whole way through, which was really nice. It was very long, um, and I wish that it had moved a little faster because I don't play video games, and so I am used to when I put 15 hours into something, (laughs) getting somewhere, but... Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to Final Fantasy! That's all of them are like that. It, it is literally all of them. That's actually like when I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen, which is the MMO, I was so used to like WoW and Guild Wars 2 that I had kind of forgotten that no, Final Fantasy fourteen is still a Final Fantasy game. And so here I am playing in a 45-minute cutscene, and I'm like, oh, right! Andre, you're going to get narrative it's and you're going to like it. <laughs> but I'm glad you had a good time. Do you have anything else to add? Or? Uh, not, not at this juncture. Overall, yeah, fun time. All right, because it's going to be the same audio track and easier for me. Greg, what did you think of <laughs> Final Fantasy IX that you didn't get to play when yeah, you were yeah. a kid? Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Post-Ice Cavern. Post-Ice Cavern. Oh, Post real big. Loop. Let me tell you, the furthest <laughs> I'd ever gotten was uh, Garnet, uh, getting to name Garnet something. So, like, I literally hit that, and, like, to Hannah, I had a moment, like a like a... Samwise Gamgee, like, one more step and I'll be further than I've ever been. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, it was really nostalgic in the beginning bits. The active time battle system, uh, which Hannah probably has some gameplay opinions. She's, she's just saying, like, oh, I can't really have it because I didn't play it. But I remember we started and Hannah was like, oh, I knew this was turn-based, but this looks very silly. And I can't deny, it does look kind of silly. But, like, I am also very appreciative of, of how uh, big, how, how interesting the active time battle system is, especially now that I'm, like, older and can get it more. And also the, the game beyond, very good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I typically stayed away from a lot of Final Fantasies just because of the length, but also, like, I'm expecting it. So um, the, the pacing is, like, about 
what I expect for Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I like Steiner a lot. I do kind of wish that uh, he got through his arc a little bit faster, and yet I'm still kind of kind of in the middle of it. But that's fine. Um, and I, other than that, for opening thoughts, uh, I want to. I kind of want to uh, humiliate Hannah a little bit here. Shocker. <laughs> Okay, so I've been to Hannah. I was like, hey, do you want to play the game or do I? Because I, I, we both want to be on the episode and I want to play this game. Do you want to like have the controller or do I? And Hannah was like, oh, well, I mean, I it's I don't super care about video games. So like, it doesn't matter to me. It seems like you really want to do this. And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the controller. So we started up the game and uh, the opening cutscene shows like a map. Or not even an open cutscene, like the before menu thing. It shows a map. And one of the locations on it is like Tifa. And Hannah goes, huh, isn't that a person? And I go... Oh, yeah, I mean, in seven, but I guess in nine, it's a place. And that was actually an indication of something that I didn't realize. So so I start the game up and Hannah goes, huh, why does Cloud have a tail in this one? I didn't know he has a tail. And I was like, what? They played seven before and that was all. No one told me that the different Final Fantasies were different. Why would someone assume that all of the games named no, it's it really it's a fair assumption, like especially when you're funny. not connected to oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a fair assumption, but I didn't realize. It. I was like, oh, that's why no. you're asking about Tifa. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so confusing to you. Yeah, what? Is this the part where I also revealed that Final Fantasy IX does actually have multiplayer for the ATV battles? I was gonna mention that. Well, <laughs> you can set certain characters to a different controller. Yeah. Uh, you can set different characters to a different controller. I don't know if it's ever like actually mentioned in the game, and I don't know. I wouldn't if it's be surprised. Courts, no, is it? Is but... it? Because I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if um the the big Moogle uh, explained it, and I was like, I don't give a shit because I, I didn't like. <laughs> also, you, uh, so Thanks, apparently, so one of the mechanics of the game is that the, you know there are all these characters in the fights. Uh, and you can put the different characters in different rows, like, to, you know, protect some of the squishier ones, which Greg fully didn't know about until, I fully like, didn't two know about into our playing, which when like- guy mentioned it offhand in conversation. It, but like, but like, also like that one. I'll be like, yeah. I mean, I probably skipped it because I, I, the Moogle started, and I was probably like, I, I don't okay, fucking. Okay, but he does say it a out. lot. Like, there is yeah. even times. Like, so I, I streamed this game, and I like was was like, I get to like the Moogle thing, and I'd just be like, that's too many words. We're gonna come back later. <laughs> He doesn't ease you into it. He just gives a big thing of like, here's every topic about the game. Do you want me to talk about any of them? And it's like, this is, no. <laughs> no, please God. No, thank yeah. you. So, but yeah, so I, now we've both been humiliated. Yes. <laughs> well, Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> Greg thought the change command was to change characters in the fight. Because I had played Persona 5 recently. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. <laughs> not that recently. Not that re- Well, that was the most recent JRPG I had played. So in my head, I was like, yeah, eventually I'm going to have a party of more than four people. So if I want to change characters, I'll use the change commands. So I'll ignore that for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, uh, as you've played this game before, obviously, as you mentioned, it's your favorite. Uh, was I'm going to ask a slightly different question. Uh, was there anything in particular that stood out to you that you sort of like appreciated more this time so the first time the first time i played this game um okay so this my story with final fantasy 9 is final fantasy 9 is the first final fantasy i ever beat um i was kind of like um 
I was kind of like Greg and where like I, I played it when I was younger and I played it at a friend's house. Uh, my friend actually let me sli- save though. <laughs> so like I, I clearly had better friends. <laughs> I'm generous. So uh, I, I didn't have a PlayStation. I had an N64 and they had a PlayStation. So I went and I would, I would play it over at their house. And um, so I, it, it took me even longer to beat because I could only play it at their house, and I was and but I, it was the first Final Fantasy that I actually beat, and I played it about God fifteen some odd years ago, um, because I was in high school, and so I I had a very different mindset when I first played this game, and I had not played it again since. Um, I, I remember it fondly, but I had not played it again since. So like my. My top favorite character remained the same, I guess, because I I I just really related with that character. Um and that was Vivi. I, I love Vivi. Vivi Vivi is best boy. I, I knew Vivi's <laughs> the best boy. He Everybody is the knows. Best boy! character in Final we, Fantasy. We Come at me. Um <laughs> Oh yeah. Um I um uh this is no, a it's very okay. brief <laughs> tangent. Um we were in the middle uh so obviously I loved Vivi. Um, and throughout the play, I kept, whenever he, like, came on, uh, uh, going, like, it's there, it's my little boy. I want to see Uh, my little boy. There he is. And midway, midway, while we were playing, while we were in the middle of playing, one of my good friends from college texted me because he had just had a baby. Uh, and like there he, he texted me a picture of his newborn child and was like, this is our, our new baby. He's the perfect little boy. And I was just sitting there like, that's what I've been saying about baby <laughs> Final Fantasy through this entire I, game. You're not wrong though. It's factually accurate. I, I still love yep. the characters a lot. And I think, um... The things that really kind of hit me differently the second time around, especially now that I'm older, is number one, my appreciation for Steiner. Uh, number two, Kuja's reveal. Definitely hit me a lot yes. different, oh, yeah. especially Kuja's after so having good. already experienced Kuja's reveal yes. the first time. So like, yes. after already knowing it and then going back and replaying it, you kind of see things you didn't see before, even if there was like... 15 years in between the last time I had played it and really refreshed myself on the plot um it's you you like I started playing through it again and I was like oh 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 and then like of course like Kuja's reveal just hits you so differently and it's like oh 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 (laughs) it's very that that cascade of oh shit <laughs> like so yeah i i love it it's it's good the whole time just like i was replaying it number one vv and then of course like afterward i'm just like oh steiner himbo oh. extreme love that man himbo love the him. max i he oh, he's just doing his kanye oh. best okay like <laughs> really certainly is, is. But yeah, I I do think that like that was one of the biggest things replaying through it was my appreciation for Steiner because especially like as a dumb like sixteen year old you have a very Zidane outlook on life. Yes. You're a, you're a dumb fifteen sixteen year old and you're just like what is this dude's problem? Uh-huh, Come once. on, Rusty, get it together. And then like you're replaying it now that like you're in your thirties and you're like this dude's just doing his job. 
Like, he's just, he's trying, he's trying his, best. his best. He is thrust into some. He has been given a shit sandwich. He is. He's, he's like holding his, his nose and still eating it. Like, it's just yeah. like, I'm going to make it through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish it. This is what, you know, and he, he's thrust into something he doesn't really understand. He's trying to be an adult and he doesn't really know how to adult. And I'm like, same dude. <laughs> but also, it's like, this, this is kind of a big deal. And it's when you've spent the majority of your time as the captain just kind of standing around and telling people to go stand around but in different places like this is kind of a new thing and also your job's on the line if you don't bring the princess back so of course you're gonna be kind of like oh shit oh shit oh shit you know like <laughs> so also Yo. in general like i'm gonna not take shit from this teen boy who keeps calling honestly me. Like, that's, the, that's the thing that i mostly appreciate now yeah. like i I'm not quite 30 yet, um, the back half of my 20s, but, like, I am, like, man, if a 16-year-old yeah. kept on mouthing off to me like this, I'd smack him. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> Right? Fuck them, kids. Like, that was one of the biggest things, also, is I was just, like, as I'm reading the dialogue, I'm just sitting there, and I'm, like... Whoever wrote this game had teenagers. Like, the writer (laughs) of this game had teenagers because the dialogue for Zidane is so stupid 16-year-old. It's like, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, this was me. (laughs) Like, this was me when I was first playing this game. I was the stupid 16-year-old. I was was really, yeah, I just headstrong, dumb, thought I owned the world. Uh, had boobs on the brain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know he's just saying everything with like a shit-eating grin too that oh, you just want to like... Absolutely. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was... That's me. That was me. I was Zidane. And I think that's also like why I liked Zidane and I think he... I still yes. think he's a great main character but it's still one it's, of those it's things where it's like... perspective. I, I appreciate Steiner <laughs> so much more now that I'm older. I just really appreciate right, I'm him. I'm uh... Cut you off. One, because I want someone to tag Faustian nonsense with a redraw of that One Punch Man panel. Just like, what's with this sassy lost child? Yes, of please. Steiner and Zidane. Yeah. Please. I beg of you. Uh, two, Tony, uh, was there anything different that you got playing through the game this time? Yeah. Also, yes. there is going to be a question later, particularly about characters, too. So I, w- I would like to yeah. revisit yeah, that yeah. then later with as. Um, we particularly talk about characters and identifying with them too um so as i said like kind of at every like at various moments of my life i kind of um see myself in some of the characters and i guess i'll probably go into that a bit more um once we get to that question with like how i've identified with those characters over the years um but i just every every single time i play this game um just enjoying the soundtrack like it's still like every every probably once a week i put on the final fantasy 9 soundtrack while i'm working because it's just so relaxing it's very nostalgic and the game holds up like super well and and i played it on the switch version normally i always play on the, the ps1 version but having like some of the extra um having some of those extra like utility features that they have on the newer versions where you can speed it up and like things like that honestly made the experience a lot better in a lot of ways because like if i needed to go back it's like i was following a guide this whole time so and that's something that was different this time too it's like i'm gonna play this game with the guide because i've beaten it by myself like a dozen times but i was like i'm gonna do it with the guide so i can find everything and there's so much i didn't realize i had missed um 
extra um, ATEs, which are um, active time events. So they're like little cutscenes you can go uh, back and forth between. Vignettes. Yeah. And, and there's so many extra ones that you have to satisfy certain um, circumstances to get them to actually prompt. And then when you do, you get like extra stories or like side characters you haven't seen. There's a lot of goofy <laughs> ones with Quinna that you actually have to find because Quinna likes to separate from the party. And then, you know, and then they're off on their own misadventures of like dudes getting in trouble. And it's it's so fun. Um, so I'd say like playing with a guide allowed me to kind of experience parts of the game that I didn't know. Um, it was also fun to just like like know what bosses to steal from that way you have like really strong gear and you feel really overpowered from the beginning and um and all those extra features um being able to go back to an area and i had to fight 87 things along the way was really nice like i just want to go back to freaking trino to go get my salazio coins i don't want to fight level 10 things every five feet it's nice that you can just turn off like hostile monsters and just run on the, run around the overworld without um, worrying about like getting into a fight. So um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And I think probably it'll probably be hard to go back to like the PS one version though. Stylistically, it's really hard looking at final fantasy nine. Cause it still has like really janky, like pixelated backgrounds, but the character models are updated. So it's like this weird, like the PS one version is so beautiful in its own PC. right. Updates the uh, oh backgrounds. yeah the Gary mod that's right yeah yeah there's a mod that makes Final Fantasy IX just gorgeous for the PC but the PS One is so like because you know it's it's all like the same fidelity and everything is like very cohesive stylistically and there's it's very disjointed on the like Switch version or the PC version because it's like super smooth characters and like pixelated backgrounds and it's just like ugh, it looks kind of weird to me but um. Yeah, so I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the return to my return to nine, and I had a great time. Nine was not nine was not the first Final Fantasy that I had played and finished. That would that honor goes to Final Fantasy four, which is I still look upon fondly, but it's it's got its problems. Five characters in one battle is too much. Nine, <laughs> however, is oh god, uh, my favorite Final Fantasies. I'm not counting fourteen because fourteen is its own separate beasts uh but my top three final fantasies are just like a constantly shifting triangle of like which one is my favorite at any given point and that's nine twelve and five uh at any given point it is one of those three is my favorite and it's just ever-changing but they're they're all about like on par for different reasons i adore final fantasy nine this time i did something a little stupid hmm. and so for steiner's ultimate weapon as we've already discussed steiner uh it's called excalibur 2 the only way to get it is by making your way to a very specific dungeon in under 12 hours of in-game play time so i tried to speed run this game and i do not advise this <laughs> it, <laughs> it was it's still Final Fantasy IX, and I still love it, and I still love the characters, and you still get, like, a lot of the cutscenes, because I tried to also keep watching the um, all of the FMVs and everything and that, but cutting out a lot of the fat and trying to just, like, go right for, right for this one part, and basically, like, skipping a lot of the part that I enjoyed about the game, which is the all of the side content and all of the little extra bits of characterization and adventures and exploration honestly harmed my enjoyment overall so i 
while it's interesting to do and it was interesting to attempt, it is not something I would advise anyone doing unless like unless you want to do it basically like to say that you've done it. And unfortunately, it is necessary for the platinum trophy if you're playing this on like PS4 oh, or Steam. Oh, it's a real, real gamer move to speedrun FF9. It's, it's a real gamer TM move. <laughs> I tried to be a pro gamer and you it was... I have mixed I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> mixed feelings about being a gamer. It's, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for being a gamer, everybody. Sorry for gaming. Some crimes cannot be forgiven. But this was not how I enjoy Final Fantasy IX. And it, it is a game that I truly, well and truly love and adore. How I started my friendship with Tony was literally talking about Final Fantasy over oh, same, Twitter. except in person. Yeah, that's right. It, <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Final Fantasy IX has led us to this exact moment right now yeah. when you think about it. It, it brings us crazy. together. Here we are, like, almost a decade later. Raise your hand Jesus if you Christ. met Tony through Final Fantasy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Greg and I met Tony through Guy, so by extension, by extension, technically, we also met Tony through Final Fantasy. There we, there go. we go. Our boy Vivi, the power he holds. Yes! <laughs> Best boy. My little boy. Good. My perfect little boy. Six degrees <laughs> of Final Fantasy. Jesus Christ. All right. It's like the butterfly effect. So this is this. Is, I'm going to ask this question first because it's like a uh, a quicker one to get through since it it it's not really one that Greg and Hannah are going to have an answer to. So uh, Final Fantasy IX is kind of a celebration of the series up until that point. It, it's it's a uh, after seven VII and eight in particular kind of diverged from the the basic like actual like fantasy formula, going more in sort of the uh, more in sort of like the futuristic technological kind of side it's still fantasy but it's not the more traditional sword and sorcery fantasy as one would expect from the name nine was a little bit more of a return to form a little bit of a celebration of everything up until that point uh is there anything that you noticed from the previous games or like recurring themes that you were able to sort of pick up on this time that you enjoyed and before let's start with yeah, Before you answer this question, I just want to say I have a weird Kill Bill Sirens uh, reaction to it was a celebration of all that came before it. Uh, just from the sheer number of times Greg turned <laughs> so to me and where... said that exact phrase during the playthrough. It happened like at least twice every time we played. I was like, yeah, I know. We're We're recording this. I mean, you you guys are getting audio because it's a podcast; it's in nature. But we're we're recording this with webcams on. So as I was talking this over, I I did see Hannah have like that kind of thousand yard stare for a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome, listeners. Sorry, but I'll, I'll start with you. As uh, was there anything sorry. sort of like having played other Final Fantasies in the time since that you sort of kind of appreciated and picked up on this this time through uh the most recent final fantasy is a guide that i have um played um uh, I, I i played through final fantasy 7 remake um very recently and then i have been playing final fantasy 14 um that that has kind of been my pandemic mmo alongside guild wars 2 uh but it's um 
Final Fantasy fourteen is also definitely one of those love stories to all Final Fantasy. Yes. And but it, it it also allows me to kind of refresh on a bunch of those Final Fantasies too. And while number one, while I was playing through nine, I was picking up. I was like, wow, this is where they. I had forgotten about this, and it comes back to play into Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, but also just like one of the major things that kind of stood out to me was um character designs is definitely one thing that definitely stood out to me um because i i'm gonna just take number one because they are very fresh in my mind and even though i love like amano works and amano has a very yes. distinct style um though amano i don't think was the actual character designer but was one of the illustrators for nine who was the actual character designer i should actually look that up but i mean just when you take number well I'm also kind of thinking um, Cecil, yes. Final Fantasy IV. I'm thinking of Cecil as well. Um, this kind of, even though Cecil was a protagonist, but the Black Knight Cecil as well as regular Paladin Cecil. Um, character design of this, if I'm going to mostly co- uh, like compare um, Final Fantasy VII and IX right now. Is this your antagonist? Is this ethereally beautiful person very who has having very- this very kind unearthly. of kind of yeah very fey almost yes very unearthly um yeah like the she yeah. um of the fae you know um but and they're both having this kind of like i don't want to say existential crisis no but they, they kind of are <laughs> it is, it is they're both having are. this kind of existential crisis this kind of culminating into this head where like on one hand like there's that moral ambiguity between these two these two villains i mean of course that makes a good in my opinion makes a really good villain in general is that moral ambiguity where you're kind of like cool motive but still murder yep. uh, you know like so you you're, you kind of see where they're coming from and you they're very relatable in that but they both sephiroth and kuja kind of have this this similarity in of themselves number one in their appearance number two in their motives number three in how they handle those motives and so you can kind of see those um the similarities because i'm just saying because like those are both like really fresh on my mind since um i did play remake even though remake is very different in some ways than the original final fantasy 7 i did refresh myself on the original final fantasy 7 um before uh, after playing the remake so they're the freshest so it's like that alone i think was one of the big things and then of course just when you from the the graphics standpoint because i played on pc um it's a little more updated you can see a lot of the inspiration that they took from prior games both of how they are blending that fantasy and steampunk element into one even in just the design of of the of the world itself um they're taking this kind of more futuristic thing from seven they're pulling from some of the earlier more fantasy-based final fantasy games they're merging them together in a more cohesive world in final fantasy 9 and i really appreciated that um i it gave it really kind of gave this new fresh feeling to it um where you you are like blending this almost like technological steampunk type of deal in with a more medieval traditional yeah. fantasy based setting and it gets a very fresh take of a, a fantasy setting and i really appreciate that too uh, so. tony this is a little bit of a weird one since this is your question 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, was was there anything that you kind of this time going through it that you picked up on that's just like, oh, I recognize this from all the yeah. So in uh, in seven and eight specifically moogles were more like media items uh, especially in sevens like yes. they were just like mascots they were like they weren't like real tangible creatures like they were in previous titles and so mm-hmm. the moogles play a pretty big part of nine uh, you know there's a whole mail system where like either secret letters you can go back God, yes. and like you, you get rewards for all that oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then there's slit skin and you can support slit skin with you know by buying all his things and then you know always buy you know his whatever items he has to offer because he travels all along around the world with you and um i enjoy that the moogles were like a very real thing um but more so than that just like the re- return of like very kind of traditional monsters um flans and goblins and all these other like original creatures from the final fantasy world seven seven's monsters are fucking wild and they're like there's like the hell house it's literally a goddamn house with legs and then there's a head that comes out of it and it's like there's motorcycles with sickles and like it's they they took the technological world and made the monsters just like absolutely insane um which is fun and it makes like seven feel like more goofy and campy that way but it is kind of nice that while playing nine it's like oh yeah these are like you know, very traditional dragons and, you know, all these other, um, you know, creatures and cactuar were even in seven. But like, it felt so weird in seven that you'd have traditional monsters and then literally a house. Like, as, yeah, you'd as have like the traditional stuff and then like brain yeah, pod. Like zombie, like weird, like, like biological experiment zombies and stuff like that. But nine felt just very fantasy through and through, which which I really, really, really liked. Um to return to because i like high fantasy a lot that's that's something i've always been like if i had to choose between sci-fi and fantasy you know I've, I've always been a fantasy guy and there's some sci-fi elements in seven that i appreciate but like more you get you know towards that sci-fi the less i'm in so um and the music as well felt very traditional fantasy it felt very um mm-hmm. seven and eight had a lot of rock and guitar you know what i mean it's very like rock influence a lot of the time especially the battle themes mm-hmm. um the battle theme itself the the that is a that is actually in every single final fantasy game up until seven the battle theme has that baseline so even in the combat you felt like this kind of nostalgicness um, um, from just that baseline, that return to uh, form. And yeah, I just, it's kind of nice that you get all these elements again. And um, kind of the traditional classes uh, return as well, where black mages and um, red mages, white mages, knights, thieves, uh, assassins, dragoons. dragoons, yeah, like all these traditional, Oh, Dragoon's so good. Freya's so good. And I love how they incorporated the Dragoons because normally they have like all this really cool like metallic armor and all this nonsense. Um, It really is just like she had this cool ass spear. Um, Though, one thing that's really interesting about a lot of the the transforms is it's like they then hail back to more of like the traditional designs for those. So like Freya looks a bit more like a traditional Dragoon when she's in trance. uh, Vivi, his his hat gets all pointy to be like <laughs> his hat's like as tall as him, and um and things like that. And um, Zidane's is actually a really big spoiler uh for later. Zidane's transform and his we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, oh, 
Zidane looks like Super Saiyan uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. for Goku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get some spoilers after this question, I think. Yeah. But... Um, so yeah, there's just like a lot of really cool things that they hail back to while still feeling like very distinct. Uh, Nine feels very distinct um, while yes. having so many like love letters to the previous games. So it's cool. I like. Yeah. So I'm going to change this up a little bit for Greg and Hannah as they have haven't experienced much of the other final fantasies but in nine being a celebration of the other final fantasies i would also argue that it's kind of a celebration of the fantasy genre in general was there any little aspects that you guys kind of picked up on and appreciated in your playthrough whichever one you guys wants to jump in first uh uh, so uh i have some limited experience with final fantasy I I had um, played through Final Fantasy oh, Adventure, man. which is not not the first Final Fantasy. I played that one all the way through, um, uh, and then I had also played some somewhere along the way some remake of like Final Fantasy One because I, I I I never finished it, but I was into Eight Bit Theater, oh. that web comic <laughs> oh, that used man. the Final Fantasy sprites. Um, so so I remember even as a kid and also now it's like uh, now I appreciate that it had maybe gone out of style for a bit. But like Vivi's Vivi and the Black Mages looks hearkening back to that just like yellow hat, blue robes, dark face with yellow eyes. Um, uh, but as far as um like also just in the more fantasy sense, um, we uh, where we stopped playing, where we got up to was uh, the dwarf, the dwarf place. Uh, which was like caught me off guard because I had been like, wow, you know, I don't normally associate dwarves with Final Fantasy. Like they're speaking in Scots dialects and shit. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is weird. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I did I did sort of look up like dwarves in Final Fantasy and I was like, oh, they're all from like before seven. And then they sort of show up in 14, yeah. but not really. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so this was like... Uh, Dwarves are like a fantasy staple, but not really a, a final fantasy anymore, staple. So it was kind of cool to see how they, they did it. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, in a lot of ways, the FF9 uh, fits a very classical fantasy uh, set of tropes. Uh, you know, we got a hero who is uh, running around trying to help a princess on a quest. Uh, we've got a knight. Uh, we've got a mage. Like, like the, I think, setup of our party is very classic uh, fantasy, even, like, outside of video games, like my, my experience from books and movies and Or even D&D, yeah. Um, they're a D&D group. Yeah, they're, they're a D&D group, They are yeah. a D&D party. Um, which, you know, I imagine it, it's yeah. a game, so that makes sense. Um, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a very typical fantasy narrative, I think. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, I think in terms of a celebration uh, of fantasy tropes in general, probably the first thing that comes to mind is just the way that it's structured with uh, all of these different places that you can visit, all of which have pretty different vibes. Um, It does feel kind of like we're jumping from like one fantasy setting, uh, one sort of classical set of tropes to another, which I did think was really fun um sort of the way it, it, you the world felt 
cohesive, but it also there there was like a lot going yeah. on and a lot of different There's there's a lot disparate but settings it that felt all of which were very interesting. That what I'm getting. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if I would call it a celebration of fantasy in general so much as a that's fantasy, fair. uh personally. Uh I think that's that's just kind of what it is. Which after seven and eight was was a, a big deal. Yeah. Uh, for Final Fantasy. It seems. I... <laughs> right on. But, uh, yeah. Now uh we're from this point on, we get into spoilers. So if you want to play Final Fantasy Nine for yourself, which I recommend, maybe not in the way that I did it. <laughs> no speedruns. <laughs> don't 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 Yeah, no, no, don't, don't speedrun. Speed Take, Take your time. time. Enjoy it. Don't really appreciate Vivi. Really appreciate Vivi. Just we love the boy. Respect the boy. He's a good little but boy. If you want to play it for yourself, feel free to do so. It is Final Fantasy IX is available on just pretty much throw a dart, it's available on that system. Pretty much. I think it's even on Xbox One now. Seven, eight, nine, I think are all on Xbox, which is even <laughs> more wild. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Uh play it on the original PlayStation if you want. Who knows? Uh we're getting into spoilers. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to mix this one with one of our standard arrays. And I we got three basic standard questions that I like to ask for disk space. Uh they're a little bit trite, they're a little bit basic, they kind of apply to every game, but I like to ask them because honestly, I like hearing the answers. So were there any particular characters or moments that really stood out to you and just sort of like stuck with you? And yeah, could just go into a little bit of detail on that. I'm going to start with, yeah, let's start with Tony, actually. Uh, for this playthrough, like what, who or who stuck out to you? And was there any sort of big moment with them? Or just like a big moment in general. Um, so as I said um, at the beginning, kind of like at various points of my life, I saw myself in a lot of these characters. I'm possibly going to get emotional during this, so just a fair warning. Um, but um, totally reasonable. <laughs> so don't feel like you need to share any more than you. Have no, to. it's all good. Um, so my grandmother gave me this game before she died, um, and I grew up like watching her play it. Um, and then she'd moved away and before she went away, she gave it to me and she passed away later. Um, so already this game had like sentimental value. Um, growing up, I, I, I think like high school, Tony, very much like what Azrael said, um, Zidane was kind of like who someone I kind of saw myself in, right? Girl crazy, you know, always kind of tried to be the cool guy. And, um, and I think a lot of the ways, a lot, in a lot of ways, Zidane, doesn't like himself, therefore try to be the cool guy to convince others he's cool because then maybe he would actually feel cool. Like, that's the vibe I've always gotten from Zidane is he's actually just a sad boy. And that's something that it goes into later is like... Yeah, you don't get that until like... Late disc two, like early disc three. It's it's a while. Like, Zidane is not really the, the, the cool, suave guy that he, you know, kind of makes himself out to be. So... In a lot of ways, like, I saw that in myself because I was always trying to fit in and I never felt like I really did because I was always trying to, like, be who other people wanted to be, wanted me to be, because I thought that would make them like me more. Um, so that was that was high school, Tony. Um, and then um, I was a lot different in high school than I was when I went to college and I actually met people and learned a lot about people and societies and cultures genders and sexualities and all these other things. I was a very, very enclosed, very ignorant worldview. 
And it wasn't until I went to college and met people that I realized a lot of what I thought about the world was com completely wrong and in a lot of ways really messed up. And I can see that in Steiner, Steiner's entire world is this blind loyalty to the, my queen would never do anything wrong. You know, she is the best person ever, you know, and in a lot of ways, it's like you grow up around people that and like when you have like parents that you're like, oh, my parents love me. They would never steer me the wrong direction. They would never teach me things that are harmful or anything like that. But then you realize maybe these aren't the great, amazing, wonderful human beings I thought they were my entire life, at least not in people you know, are people. People are people. And um, so in and it's like every time I play this game, I've like noticed that about a character um, is that there's something that I've identified with them. So so Zidane was kind of captured how I felt in high school. Steiner kind of reflected like he eventually had to change and realized admit when he was wrong. And for me, that was like a big thing is I had to fully admit to myself like, wow, yeah, I don't really like the person I was and I want to be a better person. Um, and then. For Vivi himself is this like sense of existential crisis. Like I was put on this world and I don't know why and I don't know what to do with that. And there's been times in my life that I felt that way too before coming to FN. I was at a job that was going nowhere fast and I didn't know where else to go and what else to do with it. And, uh, and you know, Vivi's kind of like outlook of, well, I still don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to do my goddamn best is really endearing to me and i always kind of like really appreciated that um and then also i guess to finish up how i've reflected on the main cast um garnet her kind of big thing is no matter how much i think i can do it it always like i feel like i'm always fucking it up and i can never fix what i want to i can i'm never strong enough to to get done what needs to get done and save my people save my kingdom and things like that um and like I get that. It's like that lack of confidence to really fully get done everything you wish to do or doing it in a way that um, you're proud of and happy of, uh, happy with. Um, and that's something I've like felt like I've struggled with in the past, too. So it's kind of just different aspects of my life I've seen in all these characters. And it's it's nice to self-reflect with them and have a nice existential crisis at 2 a.m. after playing the game. <laughs> that totally didn't happen last week, I promise. I feel like that's... That is the uh, that is the, the theme of this game. It's just like Final Fantasy IX is existential crisis the game, and Vivi <laughs> is existential crisis the character. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> like, it's not incorrect. It's absolutely, we'll we'll get to that maybe in a little bit. But it's, it's yeah, that's thank you for sharing first of all. But uh, it's it's always a hard question to answer of like how much is enough and. That question definitely varies, and the answer certainly varies and depends on like where you are and how you feel. Uh, do you have anything to more to add, or should I move on? Um, All right. No, I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers how, well, was, again, how I've been feeling. Thank you for sharing. That was that was big. Uh, Final Fantasy Nine is good. It's a good character. <laughs> uh, let's. I'm just going to go from left to right on my screen. And Greg, was there any particular character or particular moment or, you know, particular moment with a character that just kind of yeah, stuck yeah. with you? Um, so uh, uh, the character slash moment that really stuck with me uh, was a, a very minor character, um, but something that specifically um, 
I think I think the effect that it had on me could only happen uh, because this was a PlayStation One game. So Black Waltz mm. Three, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes, uh, there is um, a running thing where the perfect boy we talk about, Vivi, he's a black mage, um, and they are like engineered organisms, uh, and there's uh, there's like a lot of dumb black mages, like dumb black unaware black mages um, that are just sort of like automatons. Um, but there are specialized ones that sort of track you down, um, called like the Black Waltzes. There's like Black Waltz one. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, you can talk. <laughs> and Z- Zidane, you fight, you fight by yourself with Zidane or whatever. And then Zidane like, is like, I just won't talk about that weird thing. And then Black Waltz two shows up and he's like, Hey, and Zidane's like, Oh, like the other one. And everyone's like the other one. <laughs> um, but you deal with that one. Black Waltz 3 is the final of these specialized black mages, and you uh, face him on this, like, ship uh, that's crewed by a bunch of the, the dumber automaton black mages, um, and Vivi, who's also a black mage, but a perfect little boy and, like, intelligent, um, about as intelligent as, as a, if not more, he's more of a person than, than the Black Waltz, that's what I'm getting to. Um, he, like, shows up and he's like, hey, why are you being so mean? Like, come on! Um, and the other, the automaton black mages are like, they, they move to shield Vivi from this, this bad guy, and he's like, Huh, you think I was like, you can try to reason with me? I'm not a weenie like these idiot black mage soldiers. So he like torches the lot of them um, in a cutscene. Uh, uh, Vivi gets a lot of trauma from this. Um, and uh, but the thing is, I'm not focused on Vivi here. I'm focused on Black Waltz 3 itself because you fight him then. Uh, and he's going like off the wall. And then later on, you like you defeat him and you knock him off. And then he like he's got wings and he lands on another airship that some other people are flying. It's a big thing. Um, and he lands on the airship and he does starts to strike like his crazy pose and a big text box appears over him as he does to move uh, because this is a game that doesn't have voice acting like at all. Um, and he and he says, I exist only to kill. I exist only to kill. I exist only. And it keeps repeating, 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 repeating. And then once I hit A to end it. Um, the dramatic pose he was striking was like a hand covered over his face and like shoulders heaving as if he were like crying or sobbing. And I was like, oh, sick, you're having a crisis right now. <laughs> like, and that's that sort of reveal could only happen. Like if there were voice acting, I'd, I'd get from the actor, I'm sure, like that full breakdown. But here it was like, like I had to watch the text go, I exist only to kill and be like, oh, that's badass. I exist only to kill. Oh, he said it again. Oh, he's saying this a lot. And then... Bam! The reveal of like, Ugh! and then later on you like you beat him uh, in a cutscene and you f- you fight him once more like one last time and he's like survived this airship crash and he's like all fucked up like he's like just he's just moving forward because he only exists to kill and he can like barely get sentences out and so yeah, Black Waltz Three has stuck with me. He's relatively early in the game, but I like him. <laughs> I love that. But I mean, I feel like that says something about. The, the character's impact in general, just because he is a minor character and there was this major, like, it was a very major point to you. Yes. You know, like, and it did a good job of expressing that point and what his point was. And it that was, was kind the of, thing that really got me was just the, the, the text box in particular and the animation was like, oh, okay, this could only happen on a PS1 game that, like, didn't have yep. room for full it's, voice acting. It's a very <laughs> excellent foil to both i would say steiner and vivi in that like 
they're set in their ways, they're set on their path, and whether they want to or not, whether they think it is the right thing to do, it's what they're sticking to. And I will circle back to that shortly, but... Yeah, no, it was it was like it it was really cool to like see as like the game goes on, like yeah, yeah, he 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 does have a lot in common because he he opens up mockingly, like yeah, I I can think, idiot, and Vivi's like, why would you hurt people if you could think? And then he's like, uh, oh god, why would I hurt people if I can think? <laughs> oh, because I'm allowed. To, the only reason I'm allowed to think is to kill. Yep. Oh no, <laughs> I can't think. I'm just like these yep. guys. Fuck. <laughs> All right, Hannah. Is there any particular moment or any particular character or any particular character moment? Yeah. Um, so obviously Vivi is my perfect little boy. <laughs> um, he's my perfect little boy. I love him. Uh, he's so <laughs> tiny and good. Um, but uh, I think the moment that stuck with me most from the gameplay is actually a Garnet moment. Um, so I... Um, when I watch things or consume things in general, half of my brain is usually focused on how that thing is going, like the actual content. And the other half of my brain is always like, okay, how are you writing your women? Is this going to be weirdly misogynistic? Especially, especially when I consume anything made before like 2015. Um, and, um... Final Fantasy IX, I think, in in that regard, is neither the best nor the worst thing that I have ever seen. Uh, and I think Garnet is um, an interesting case study in how women are written in, you know, that uh, time period. Uh, because she, like, has... She is a character. Like, she has a personality. She has an inner life. She has wants and goals and she's like she's like there's stuff going on which is you know not not a particularly high bar but a bar that in you know 2000 often very much did not get yep. cleared with women um and it made her very pleasant to watch and she she like she was fun um but the one the thing um that had that made me you know a little bit annoyed about uh garnet and the way she was written is that she most of the time didn't get to like have an impact on the plot um there's one of the many like tests rules of thumb that came out uh in you know the early 2000s oh, uh for like evaluating how well this work writes women uh and my personal favorite is uh the sexy lamp test which is could you if you replace this female character with a sexy lamp that like a lot of people wanted to possess would the plot change i feel like in the vast majority of cases, you absolutely could replace Garnet with a sexy lamp that a lot of people wanted to possess and the plot would not change because, like, she does have goals and she does make decisions, but those goals and decisions, the vast majority of the time, are kind of like, I just want to do what everyone else wants to do anyway. Um, and a lot of the plot is predicated on we need to physically get Garnet so we can get these things that she has inside of her. Or, like, it's Zidane going, like, we need to rescue Garnet. Like, she is, she is, uh, at many points in time, kind of a MacGuffin. Yes. 
Um, and so the the plot moment that stuck with me is I think in in the half of a game we played, and this might change later on in the game, however, I would argue that half a game is a really long time. <laughs> um, but in the half of the game that we played, I think the big moment where that isn't true, where Garnet does get to, like, affect, she, she has real actual agency and she gets to move the plot, um, is the uh, gang is uh in Lindblum uh and i believe they're they're going to Bermisia next uh mm-hmm. and cloud cloud uh <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen and uh yeah sorry uh and zidane is like uh hey knife oh sorry we named her <laughs> knife um uh that that requires explanation a- after a certain point uh garnet is like uh uh they're they're like going around among the common people and zidane is like garnet we need something to call you other than garnet and she gives this big speech about like what's that that thing called uh that the sharp pointy thing yes a dagger and everyone's talking about daggers and then it's like name her and obviously the preset name is dagger and greg and i were like let's name her knife (laughs) (laughs) so knife slash dagger slash garnet uh zidane is like i think you should stay here you know Uh, it's too dangerous for you uh and steiner is also like yes princess i think that i also think it's too dangerous for you and besides you need to get to alexandria and garnet is like i want to come though um and and everyone's like no it's fine you don't have to come uh and she uh the gang all sets out to dinner and she like slips uh, sleeping drugs in everybody's dinner but hers and Steiner's and she's like Steiner we're going to Alexandria now or we're going to <laughs> we're going wherever we're going now and Steiner's like I thought we decided that we weren't doing that and she's like no I've decided that I'm doing that and you can either come or not come but I'm going <laughs> um and then the party from there is split for a little while and Garnet uh, and Steiner go off and do their own thing. They like run into uh, Marcus and uh, the boss man of Zidane's uh, thief group. Um, and and it's fun. And it's it's the only like it's it's a nice character moment of Garnet. I mean, I just I don't even know if I would call it like a big culminating moment for her character or not, because Garnet in the first half of the game like doesn't change that much. From the beginning, she is like she pretty much knows fairly her deal. Yeah, she she knows what she's doing. Um, but it is it is this moment of everyone else kind of. Uh, treating her, you know, as a MacGuffin, um, as a thing to be protected, and her being like, we're not doing that, actually. Um, <laughs> which I think is, it's just a nice moment in the meta sense of like, by the way, I am a character. Uh, the writers aren't gonna write me like one for most of the game, but yeah. I am. <laughs> we do take those. And we take mm-hmm. those. We take those. There's a couple of moments later on, uh, particularly after the uh, the death of the queen, where Garnet takes the throne, uh, and in particular the the big moment with Alexander, which is one of my favorite moments in the mm-hmm. entire series. You yes. guys have not gotten yes. that part. 
basically, Kuja, the main villains, come to destroy Alexandria. And Slutty, slut, to sluttily destroy Alexander. He's come to be to a do villain. villain things. And, oh, in so his panties and thigh highs. <laughs> no, I need to. I'm sorry. I need to talk briefly about how. Oh, slutty he is. No, oh, yeah. Kuja is the most. This is, this is the point in Final <laughs> Fantasy IX's favor in my feminist analysis of Final Fantasy IX. They do definitely. They do definitely sexualize their women. They very lovingly model the butts of all the hot ladies. <laughs> However, Kuja is the sluttiest dressed character By in Final far. Fantasy IX, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. That is a win for feminism. <laughs> Hannah, and I, <laughs> Hannah and I, you know, we were voicing we we're voicing the game. Uh, Hannah's doing like this breathy, overly sexy voice for Beatrix, and then Kuja I'm shows Beatrix, up. and you can't win. <laughs> and so, so. Kuja Kuja shows up with like cum gutters and hip dips and it's like, what's up? And it's like, oh, Beatrix gets pants, Kuja gets a jacket. That was a very fun scene because Greg was being Kuja and I was being Beatrix and they were talking to each other and we were like, just. Oh, I'm here to help uh, Queen Brown. Are you? (laughs) Like, just kind of. Weird, sexy voice to sexy voice combat. The voice for Kuja for me will always be either Zarbon from Dragon Ball Z mm. or Pegasus from Yu Gi Oh! And you cannot, you cannot give me them any other voices. It won't fit. Kuja, Kuja is absolutely Zarbon or Pegasus, and I love it. We're, we're gonna get to Kuja in a second. Yes, but sorry, but, I interrupted. Totally fine. Uh, let's let's actually move on to to Az. Uh. Yes, was there, for this playthrough, was there any particular character? Well, we already went over Steiner. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I'll I'll ask, was there any particular moment uh, that kind of just, like, really stuck out to you this time? It's just, like, been chewing on since. I'm still kind of only, like, halfway through my own playthrough, my second playthrough, but I I have played it before, so there's a couple things that I do remember. Um, I One of those things that I really remember... Um, I guess I'm going to, because of the fact that so, so many, I guess, of my emotional things, either A, number one, I've already been touched on, number two, um, I are, are big spoilers and I don't want to take away so many oh, things. I'm going to spoil from, the ending just uh, like Craig straight up. Hannah, have not gotten, I, like, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't care. But Go like, like I don't know, like the first time, especially on the PS1, like when you're playing that thing and that whole moment with Alexander and Bahamut. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Yeah. That was that was really good. It's 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 right, in like my about. little my little teenage brain is like back in the two thousands on our, with our polygons. I'm just like whoa. <laughs> but I I also just kind of have to like say that like even just going back and playing it. I'm I'm gonna talk more I guess from a more technical standpoint is just how beautiful the game actually is even today. Um. It is now the year 2022. This game is 22 years old. This game can drink. Um, it is. In the United it States. is not in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's legal. It can vote. It can drink. Like this. This game has probably graduated college. Like this. This game is it. It's an older game as far as like games are concerned because of how rapidly technology, especially God, since yeah. this game was created has advanced i mean we're already on playstation 5 you're not 5 4 is it the 5 no, it's PlayStation 5, 5. PlayStation 5. 5. It's just you can't buy it anywhere because people yeah i mean it. you can't get it but we're already <laughs> we on the playstation 5. On 5 um we're 
this this game came out on the PlayStation 1. Um so there have been five generations of consoles. Um and and like of course like we're f- now we're so inundated with like hyper realistic graphics. Now, like if it doesn't look like it can reach out of the screen and touch you, it's not good graphics type of deal. And while yes, I did like I played the kind of updated version on PC. I'm not running any mods. I'm playing it. It's bare bones. It has only been kind of bare bones remastered uh, on the Steam version, which is the version that I played. It is as close to its raw form as you can get without actually playing it on the PS1. And I'm just still blown away by some of the cinematics, like some of the, the, the panning views of like, when you're going to the different cities, like when you first start in Alexandria and when the ship, uh, there's that cut scene where they're escaping with Garnet and Brane is blowing up the city and it is still just like, holy crap, like this, this is beautiful, actually. Like you're, you're getting these wide panning shots of the city. You're seeing the explosions of the ship just running into the different buildings. You and then, of course, like when you go to Lindblom, you again, these wide panning shots of this beautiful scenery and you're just sitting there and you can see all the love and the detail that was put into this game, um, even for like because I mean, it's it's a PS1 game. So, of course, its development team is nowhere near as extensive as they are now. Um, they're working with um, still pretty dated technology at this point, I think. We were getting into the cusp yep. of the PS2 around this time. So it's it's just, there was so much, you could tell the dedication and heart and love that was put into this, even just from an art design standpoint. And I, I still think it's kind of funny where, like, you can still kind of see, like, main character syndrome uh, through, like, when it comes to, like, design. Because, like, I'm even, like, watching it. And I, I think I even made a comment on it while I was streaming. I was like, I like how Zidane is so, like, he's high def. It's like, it's like when you have the 1080p webcam, but your buddy is still in 460. Like, when you guys are, like, in the Zoom call. Like, and so, like, with the NPC. So you have this lovingly rendered Zidane. And then he's talking to this NPC that you can barely just make out their eyes and mouth. And it's like, I wonder who the main character in this situation is. It's so funny. And I, I love it. But it, it's, I, I think, honestly, uh, without touching too much on a lot of those because like i haven't gotten to it yet but in my mind again i haven't gotten to it yet again but in my mind that number one that the impact of that scene with alexander alexander and bahamut um i have the feeling just because of how i mean still breathtaking that some of these cinematics are like now um even in this this 20 years in the future five generations of graphics updates and console updates that scene is still gonna probably be just as just as powerful and i'm kind of i'm really looking forward to experiencing that again um with that same kind of almost like teenage like wonder of whoa badass like you know so i don't know i i I also kind of just appreciated the fact that it wasn't voice acted um you could kind of give your own intonation 
to things. Um, you could kind of project your own feelings that you're feeling in that situation as things are being revealed to how the characters might might do that. I, it felt a little it was kind of like reading a book to me, like, of course, like visually, but like you're immersing yourself in this world. You're giving these characters their own voices in your head. You're not having to really rely on someone else's portrayal of the character. You're able to implement your own. So it allowed, in my opinion, allowed you to kind of relate to those characters more, which also like, I, I love these characters. I found myself even in my first playthrough, even before my huge, older, more reflective self uh, associating with Steiner a little bit more, um, it, I, I found myself relating to him in some ways. Like, and even when I was younger, but even still now, like, I, you find yourself relating to these characters because they are they're so human. And so, and because of the main theme of the game, you can find something in each of them, including Kuja, that you relate with. Like, we're all kind of afraid of our own mortality and, you know, and what that, and I think, I think that whole thing kind of speaks to me a little bit more as like, I'm going to touch a little bit personal, like Tony did. I, I'm a suicide survivor. So it's kind of like, what is that? What is what is that impact of your mortality going to leave not only on you but in your wake? Um, how's it going to affect everything around you and like being afraid of facing that mortality? And also like with Vivi, it's like learning to love the life that you have. And then like with Steiner, it's just kind of like again admitting when you're wrong and learning to see the world through different eyes. Um, and then with Zidane is finding that confidence again, that actual confidence in yourself and not and being yourself and not being who everybody else wants you to be. And then like with Garnet, just finding it in yourself to be able to contribute to to the world around you and the people that you love in a way that's meaningful. And oh, I, I feel the characters themselves are very relatable. And but and I think that really helps immerse you into the world, especially like when it's not voice acted. You can kind of apply that to it's a fancy yeah. visual. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fancy visual novel, and you can you can apply it your own perceptions to it. Uh, your own what's the word that I'm looking for? Words are hard. Experiences. <laughs> so hard. Your own experiences and your own. Um, perspective yes your own perspective and yes thank you for sharing as well i want to touch on one thing final fantasy 7 final fantasy 9 are from the same console and final fantasy 7 looks like garbo oh my god (laughs) it it is uh, like the 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 amount and there's all there was one game in between them i think there was five years 1997 was okay so it was yeah it was oh my god was it it was only like four years holy crap yeah Yeah, three or four years I mean, to be fair, four years where technology was advancing at a breakneck. But it's crazy. Yes. It's this. It's the same console, but what they could do. Well, it's it's, it's yeah. not the technology. Yeah. It's like the skills. It was the, it was the same hardware. Because the same console. So it's really just. It's it's really just sort of a. It's it's if anything, yeah. it is just. I think the team. It, it the, is the, crazy the, the, how, how far the much team better nine looks than seven in every way. Like seven is rough to look at, but and and it's just. It goes to show how much love they went to the game that they were able to put that much more fidelity into it yes. in just a few years in the series. I, yeah, mm-hmm. seven is really hard to play now for that reason. 
I do need to talk right. about the talk, butts. Talk about the butts. Talk about, talk I, about the butts they, before they, I talk about Kuja. Let's yeah. talk about butts. <laughs> I think that uh, the thing that I noticed most about the art in Nine uh, is how lovingly modeled the butts were. But only for the hot ladies. Only those Garnet's butt was like, okay, I'm I'm not used to video game graphics. So to me I was like, these are barely people. Like they're they're just kind of weird little cartoon things. Except Garnet has a fucking photorealistic gut butt. And so did the Alexandrian soldiers. The Alexandrian soldiers who wear these fucking leotards. Uh because Beatrix won't give them fucking pants, I guess. Um, uh, and she's so the only one allowed enough. to have pants. She is the only one allowed to have pants. That's what's funniest about I'm I I am partially thinking about it from a feminist perspective, but it's also just so funny to me that Beatrix has pants. And also we meet some like Alexandrian the, the officers. Ones, uh at some point, and they have pants. It's just something like you denied to the foot soldiers. But like you can see, you can see like where the leotard comes over, like half the butt. You can see like the curve. They put just so much effort into the butts. They they couldn't render Kucha's butt, or it would break the game. So they gave him a butt cape. They it's, were like, "Oh man, we've already made him already too, too powerful. He's wearing the thigh highs and the panties." We gotta, we gotta give him a butt cape. He's he's in the bikini armor. We've we've gone too far. We, like, we cannot show this man's butt. They won't let us. Justice for Kuja's butt. Justice for Kuja's butt. I went to remastering of Final Fantasy IX, where the only difference is I can see Kuja's butt. You know, there butt. might be a Guys, mod. We'll make it like really we'll, like thin we'll get there. and just Final Fantasy IX. Kuja's lovingly rendered butt under like the organza oh, no. butt. Cape, you know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, I, I looked it up. I can't find any. Um. I can't find any mods. I looked up. Uh, oh gosh. I think you. You're a game design major. I think you should make a mod of Final Fantasy IX where we can see Kuja's butt. Oh, it's so it's so different than our modeling things. <laughs> I I have things to say about that in mere moments when we get there. All right. Is 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 it my time? Do I get to talk about Kuja? And my second. Yes. You're running yes. the show. My it's really up to you. My in the entire Final Fantasy franchise because again, I'm I'm keeping yes. oh, Final Fantasy 14 like that that's its own thing. We're we're not getting there today. But Kuja mm-hmm. is fascinating. You don't get like the full scope of like what he is and what his deal is until very very late in the game. This is where I spoil the rest of the game for you mm-hmm. guys. But Kuja is a psychopomp. He is there to cause destruction and take all of the souls on that world and send them to the world that he comes from called Terra. Basically, because they are stagnating and they are dying and they don't have souls. So he is taking all of the living beings on this world, uh, inciting wars, causing them to kill each other, and then sending their souls back home so that they can survive. Kuja is not the only character from Terra in the game. The other one is Zidane. Kuja is the prototype. He is flawed. He is going to inevitably and eventually is doomed to die. Zidane does not have this problem. In throughout the game, like you see all these different like animal people, all uh just like various shapes, sorts, different descriptions. There's only one with a monkey tail, and that's Zidane. 
The other one is Kuja. The reason you can't see his ass is because his tail is hidden. That's the funniest yeah, thing but, I've uh, ever had to hide Kuja's ass for plot points. <laughs> they can't show us his butt, they can't show his butt because it's a spoiler. You can't see his ass for story his reasons. His ass is a spoiler. Oh my god. It's too powerful. You know what? Then I want this remastering. I you need to give them like I, a different I monkey guess. trait. Well, if if they do if they do anything like FF7 remake, it'll assume some familiarity. That's true. So we'll, you'll, you'll be maybe, maybe you'll be able to maybe. see his ass early and be like, "Oh, there's the tail." But really, we know <laughs> what I'm <laughs> looking at. So the thing with Kuja is he does his duty. He he's this interesting character because he is bombastic, theatric, like, clearly takes pleasure and pride in his work. You don't find out until, like, a little bit later that it's basically like, if I'm going to be the villain, I'm going to be spectacular at it. And he puts his absolute all and gall into being as dramatic a villain. Like, when you talk to him, and, like, his- he talks in various, like, theater metaphors of, like, the curtain rises because he knows that the at the end act. of it, he is the villain. Really put his whole cussy into this plan. Stop! Thank, thank you, thank you, Greg. No, thank you, Greg. <laughs> Just see. That. no, no. Are you gonna tell me I'm wrong? Just because you're right doesn't mean you should say it. The very end of the game is the uh, the creator of. Kuja and Zidane basically comes down and is like, alright, I'm here to collect all of the dead that you've you've made. Uh, bring him back to Terra. And What's his name? What's the villain? The, What's that guy's name? His name is Garland. Because, you know, from Final Fantasy oh, 1. from haha. Final Fantasy yeah. 1! I know yeah, that one! But, uh, <laughs> basically, Kuja's like, alright, so uh, you're gonna extend my life now, right? And he's like, nah, you're gonna die anyway. And Kuja takes this <laughs> understandably very poorly and... <laughs> And I took yeah. that personally. Like, yeah, no, you're still gonna <laughs> die. You did good work, though, but, like, yeah, no, can't help you. Sorry. And and I took that personally. And the finale of the game <laughs> is Kuja basically, like, if my life has no meaning, if I am fated to die anyway, like, I'm going to take down everyone with me. If, if the purpose of my existence is that I am fated to fade, then I'm going to go out with a bang. Why Why do I not deserve to live? I mean, from the sound of things, because you're an asshole. It's because but... he exists only to kill. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot of little parallels. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Vivi and Black Waltz 3, etc, etc. Uh, but the crew manages to... Our gang basically, like, kind of convinces Kuja at the end of, like, because they... Even though, like, yeah, they're all gonna die, but their life still has meaning because they give it meaning, and it just utterly baffles Kuja. That they that is why they fight against him. That is why he needs to be stopped, which is especially poignant for Vivi because mm-hmm. Vivi does not have a long lifespan at all. Black mages only live maybe one year, and Vivi is like is. eight and a half months as of the start of the game. Beautiful baby boy. Beautiful baby so, boy who deserves much better than this. They fight Kuja, and it it and it brings in the uh, the final boss Necron, which is the theoretical like living embodiment of that existential fear of death. It's it's 
appropriate and thematic for the game. It also comes out of fucking nowhere. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the actual final yeah. boss, and it's this yeah. weird giant. Necron is so weird, and it really is just out of Necron nowhere. Necron is, it's representative of the idea, but it's also like, this is very strange, even with context. It's it's better on paper. But Necron gets defeated, uh, and it's Dane and Kuja end up basically like everyone else in the party is safe except for Zidane and Kuja and Zidane save Zidane saves Kuja which you know again baffles him because he has done nothing to deserve this respect this decency just he has been only terrible to Zidane and the party he is only he has only bought their ire so he doesn't understand why he would be given this respect this kind of final moment of he he thinks he deserves nothing because he has earned nothing but zidane stays with him in his final moments and as things are collapsing kuja basically like kuja uses his final moments to save zidane and it's that that interesting kind of come together come to god moment of this villain has a very real and relatable and understandable perspective and goal it is a flawed goal it is a it is coming from a very dangerous place but i i like kuja a lot because i think in that those final moments kuja kuja gets it he kind of understands the why because he very easily could have done otherwise but for the villain of this piece he decided in his last moments to not be villainous and I think that is just utterly fascinating to pick apart. Cooch is great. I just wish there was it's more so of that slutty. ahead of, you know, disc three. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I- I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm with you. Like, Cooch is one of my favorite villains. I am also one of those. If anybody who knows me, <laughs> I am one of those people that, like, I tend to gravitate more toward the villain than I do the hero. If only because to me, I feel like the and is a little more nuanced in a lot of things um i i mean I, not to say that i don't like my heroes but like i i really thought especially toward the end where you actually got to see kuja's character that he was probably by far one of the more interesting characters of the game and a game full of already curtain, interesting so characters um yeah and so it it he's just he's really good and it's one of those things where, like, I think I also really appreciate Kuta as a villain is, number one, because he is an example of a villain who is unapologetically a villain and doesn't make an excuse for being a villain. Um, like, he's he's bad, he knows he's bad, and he's gonna let everybody know it. But at the same time, he's more nuanced than that. Um and yeah, I, I, think I really we, we, we appreciate that like Sephiroth. about him. Sephiroth really towards mm-hmm. the end, like it was just he was kind of taken over by like grief and madness. And basically at the end, it wasn't Sephiroth. Like that's a that's a big thing is like, who's actually the villain? Is it Genova or is it Sephiroth? That's like the really big thing about Final Fantasy VII yep. is Sephiroth's not really a villain. Yes. He's just a conduit for the real villain who is Genova and mm-hmm. corporate greed and all this other things. Honestly... If you really want to know the problem with Final Fantasy VII, the real villain yep. is Shinra. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Objectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. the real villain is Shinra. The real vi- and villain is magic mm-hmm. fracking. <laughs> exactly. I mean that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Exactly. So, like, in, in in a way, Kuja's like I love Sephiroth as a villain because he's so. I mean, God, he's got the best mm-hmm. fucking villain theme in the whole series. One Winged Angel is like <laughs> yes, well, my favorite song in the whole in all of Final Fantasy. But Kuja is so much more nuanced and interesting that way. Like Sephiroth, you just feel bad for, but ultimately at the end, it's like Sephiroth hasn't really been around since he snapped. Sephiroth is gone. It's Genova that's kind of him over. But always Kuja, Kuja. Always had one hundred percent. Every yeah. moment of yeah. Kuja is Kuja. All of him. And it's a very believable. Um, obviously, it's, it doesn't excuse no, behavior, but you can understand but it's one it. of those situations where it it definitely cool motive yeah. still yeah. murder, as Asriel said. Yeah, cool, <laughs> exactly. cool motive still murder. I feel like Kuja is relatable if you've ever like felt low enough of like if you've ever asked for yourself. Why does it matter? You you can relate to Kujo. Yeah, and it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like again, it's because this is him. This is all him. This is uh, this is he's again he's unapologetic about it, and so that kind of like makes the end with him so much more. You know, like you see, I'm trying to find the words for it. Articulation. Words are hard. Words are hard. Podcasting it's is like, hard. This words are incredibly <laughs> difficult. Um, but yeah, the um when you see that kind of like culmination of just everything of maybe and maybe it was done a little too quickly but you kind of again like you said he gets it and it's it's not like a shift in personality it's just he's growing he's maturing yep. and then he dies <laughs> yeah. and, but it's just it's kind of poignant. like one of those things yeah. where it's like yeah it's 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 very poignant so it's kind of like he and Vivi learn the same yeah. lesson in very different ways. And they yeah. are going, they're, Kucha is not a foil to Zidane, who is the main character. Kucha is a foil to Vivi. Kucha like, is a foil to, I'd say, the entire party in different aspects. Yeah. Whether that is, like, you know, the nature of his purpose, uh, to basically, like, how much to devote himself to the task that he has been given how much confidence he can even have in that the fact that he's going to be inevitably die and be forgotten and what kind of purpose that he's making for himself in the here and the now just kuja is he's a perfect villain because he is a dark reflection of the entire party and the entire game up until basically that point and is a fascinating case study and gets even weirder and more interesting in some of the crossover <laughs> games later on, like with the Do we want to talk with about the, the crossover games because it just made things I'm, weird. <laughs> I'm gonna mention it. I'm gonna mention it a little bit briefly with uh, the second Dissidia, which is chronologically the first. In Kuja has kind of learned the lesson, and basically, like everyone is there to fight, and Kuja's like, "No, I." I'm going to step back and away from it. And, like, he'll save Zidane, like, a couple of times, and he's like, this is, this is, like, we're not even yet, but, like, I'm doing my part, and basically, like, I'm going to leave you alone for the most part. I'm, I'm going to keep to myself, because I have the time to be introspective. I don't have a reason to be here. So, Kuja is this wild character. And the fact that Kuja is my second, my number two for Final Fantasy villains... I'm not going to get started on Vane, but... Oh, Vane is good, yeah. That might be a whole other episode, (laughs) but I'm going to wrap this up. And so let's let's go 
let's start with Greg, as now that you've kind of gone through Final Fantasy IX, and the question becomes, uh, would you play other Final Fantasy games, or just finish this one if given the time? Uh, I mean, I definitely, I, I went into it wanting to finish it, uh, as like a childhood, like, I got, come on, I finally got to do it, um, but... Uh, it, it hasn't been hard. Like, I haven't had to force myself, so I'm, I'm genuinely into to playing more FF9. Um, a little bit beforehand, uh, I, uh, before we started recording, I was talking about how, um, <laughs> so I had this girlfriend in high school who really, really loved Final Fantasy X. It was literally the only video game she played, but she played it a lot. Um, and she still does, uh, or on good terms, she still does, um, and so after this, uh, after this, I was a bit like, "Hey guys, so is is FF10 good? Is that like, is that worth it?" And like, I, I, I hear it's it's like all right, but um, yeah, I might I might go back and seek out some. They're all worth trying. I think different ones are going to speak to you more. Directly playing Final Fantasy games is not something I've like done a whole lot beyond like remake. <laughs> And like Final Fantasy Adventure, like I, my college roommate played through FF15, mm. like, but like when it launched, so before band. the story yeah. patches, so I've seen, I've seen that before the narrative patch. <laughs> um, uh, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna play 14, but I know everybody <laughs> always loves it, and it was, it was it's free so up until level 60, including the awarding expansion Heavensward yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, well, they it recently came oh, back. Oh, recently like, came back? January 25th. Sick. I, I I appreciate Final Fantasy more, but I think I think mm-hmm. hopefully maybe when I finish FF nine beyond just waiting for uh, remake part two because I really I played the remake. Um, I think I think it might be nice to like sit down and like actually play another one. But I'll have to, I'll have to, fi- I'll have to figure out which one that'll be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between Guy and I, I think all fifteen yep. games have been played. Yeah. So. We can help you pick with the next Tony, one. Tony, as and I, I think we've, we've got enough voices for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah, would you... Well, I mean, finishing Final Fantasy IX, I think it was more predicated on Greg, but would you give yeah. one of the other Final Fantasies in the series a try? Yeah. Probably. I would at least, like, watch a playthrough, which is how I'm most comfortable engaging with video games. Um, I... Yeah, like, I, I I have no nostalgia for Final Fantasy. I didn't play video games as a kid. Um, I, I didn't, Greg never talked about it in front of me, which was how, how I got exposed. <laughs> Greg and my other video game friends did not talk about it in front of me, which was how I absorbed video game knowledge. Um, so I think I am not uh, quite as... My reactions were much less strong than a lot of your reactions, and I think that's probably a big it's part also of it. Fair. Um, yeah, I also, you know, there were there were various things I didn't like. Um, but uh, like I said at the beginning, I think the bottom line is that I, I guess, as Greg said, it was never really a struggle. I, I never really reached the point of like. I I don't want to engage with this. It was fun. I had fun for every, uh, whenever we sat down to play it. Um, and I found the characters, or at least most of them, very charming. I, I was interested by the world. Uh, and I think that's enough for me to at least, you know, look at some of the other games. I also am, I, I did see some of Greg playing Remake, um, which was 
fun to watch visually. It was very pretty. Um, and I, I did like, uh, a good amount of that. I love it when the villain is capitalism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my, my overall impression of the Final Fantasy, uh, franchise based on my limited engagement with it at this point is a positive one. And I, 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 would have i'm not burning to go look for others but if if one waved in front of me i definitely would right on uh as uh well first i'm gonna ask (laughs) are there any final fantasies that you have not played (laughs) um i have admittedly not played 10 i have not played 10 don't play 10 too um if not i i told I don't. I like the costume designs, but I'm not sure if the gameplay of Ten Two is for me. <laughs> the gameplay um, of Ten Two is good. Played... The game of Ten Two is bad. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay, so I had the wrong way. I don't know. I just remember seeing it, and I'm like, well, the costumes are cute. They are cute. But, uh, um, I shoot. Which ones have I not played? Um, it's been a while. Um, I have not played the original Final Fantasy. Fantasy. I have played Final Fantasy yeah. Two. Little onion night. Onion. Um, I have played. I don't think I played five, so like there's oh. there's a there's a bunch of them because I I played four we'll, and six. We'll, we'll talk afterwards. Um, I played two. I don't think I played. I played two. Um, I, does eleven count because it was the first MMO? <laughs> I don't Eleven's think eleven a counts. Weird one. Um, <laughs> I did actually I, play a little bit of eleven uh, because my 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 not the same neighbor, but because uh, it was a friend <laughs> a friend of mine. Uh, had 11 on his brother's PlayStation 2, and one time he let me play, uh, and I got him killed, and only now can I appreciate how upset he was at me. you lose experience when you die in Final Fantasy. You lose experience when you die! You can literally get stuck in D-level in an area. But... Fucking brutal. God, that's so I'm so sorry, Troy, when I was nine. (laughs) (laughs) Would you check out uh, some of the other Final Fantasies that you have not played? Oh, absolutely. Like, I I have this... It will take me forever to finish them. Totally like, fair. part of the reason why my initial playthrough of Final Fantasy IX took me so long is number one, it was not my game. It was a friend's game. The other reason was because I am ADHD to the extreme. And if I get to a really grindy point or if I get to a lull in the story, like with having to progress, RPGs fair. take me forever. One of my favorite RPGs is Shadow Hearts, and it took me three years fair. to finish it because of that reason <laughs> like so I, I i will play them but it will take me forever to finish them I'm, it's gonna take me this is my favorite final fantasy and it's already that gonna take fair. me forever to finish it i just <laughs> i love it though um there i i do like final fantasy um i just they are movies yes. that you sometimes just play like metal gear solid 4 <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, that too. They're TV yeah. series that you sometimes. Play. Yeah, they're TV series I'm not you sometimes a play. Forty-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, and I mean, I I like Final Fantasies that were entirely the best received. Like I, I didn't mind ten. Um, I I liked. I mean, granted, like reviews. I played. I didn't play it when it came out, but I've. Play- played um i played final fantasy 15 and i enjoyed I it i liked it um even i mean i didn't play it when that it first came lie. out so i played it after the narrative patch but um i did i liked it i liked it a lot um so i i thought it was 
I thought especially like 15 took a different turn for Final Fantasies, but I I don't know. Nine's still my favorite. I'm willing to play the ones I haven't played. Uh, I need to replay a couple of them oh, because I, I need to. I definitely need to replay the OG Seven after playing the yep. remake. Like I brushed up on it, but it's like there is a Nine remake rumor, by the way. That Nine Nine is getting yeah Nine's getting an animated TV series, and there is rumor of uh-huh. a remake. Fingers crossed that they're going to give it the remake treatment. I hope so. I hope they don't give it the Fingers same crossed. remake treatment. I kind of hope Fingers they make crossed. it the same game. That I, which I don't hate yeah. the differences Nine of I've Final Fantasy VII remake. Situation. I just kind of yeah. hope they just make an upgraded version yeah. of Nine because I think Nine I, itself I, is a solid game. But that's I, my bias. Yes. Speaking. I, I don't <laughs> like, think the changes that they did for <laughs> Seven for the Seven remake would work really for Nine. But uh, let's move no. on, Tony. Of the Final Fantasies that you have not played. Would you give them a shot? So ones that I'm like immediately interested in are finishing five because I got about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to revisit eight because I played I started eight in high school and bought it for my friend. She's like, this is my favorite game. You lose it. You die. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really excited. And I just remembered fucking hating all the characters in that game. I, I, I don't know what it was about eight. I just I didn't care the the combat. Like I hated that you had to steal magic to use yep. magic. That was like the worst and thing. There were also game. stats. Yeah. Oh god. I was just like there were so many things that irked Heard me about that. That about was dumb as hell. <laughs> and I feel like I should give it another chance. You should give it a fair so, shot. Right. I feel like I can't fully shit on a game until I actually beat it. Right. You know. So like <laughs> it would. It's not fair for me to judge eight until I played it all the way through, and then I can talk shit about it. Yeah. It's like my buddy Jeff who watches all the worst anime just so he can flame kids on 4chan about it. Shout out to Jeff. That was his. That was his favorite thing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch Darling in the Frank so I can tell you how much of a fucking idiot you are. <laughs> Shout out to oh Jeff. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my like god. Jesus Shout Christ, out to Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Like, I didn't know anyone. I don't know if I hate myself it's that insane. much. To uh, he he literally consumes shitty media just to talk time. about it. Um, anyway. That seems like, like guy has met Jeff, so guy also yeah. understands. Yeah, like, I, I, I get it. Jeff is a very particular person, individual. The funniest single person I've ever met. But yes, um, eight is one of those. I want to go visit. I want to finish five, and I'd like to play six again. I have four on six pixel, no. pixel remake coming uh, out soon. I have Final Fantasy three, which is. American Final Fantasy 3 is actually Final Fantasy 6 in Japan because yes. until 7, it was all sorts of fucky. We're not getting into this. Yeah. yeah. Not, so not I would today. Like to, yeah. <laughs> so probably revisit 4 and 6 as well. So yeah, I pretty much just want to play all of them again is what I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Do a count up. That'd be fun. Yeah, there we go. And I'm actively playing 14 as I've discussed. Endwalker was a fantastic expansion. Uh... I also want to revisit some of the ones that I I don't think I gave a fair shake to, which is mostly eight and a little bit three and maybe two with the pixel remasters existing now. Love Final Fantasy. I'm very man. happy with how this episode turned out. Let's go back around. Greg, where can we find you? Uh you can find me either on Twitter at Gurk Candlestick for myself or uh at ghost underscore train that's the twitter for yeah. ghost on a train the actual play podcast i uh run and edit um guys in it hannah's in it 
Uh, it's on the same network as, as Disk Space. It's it's real good. You should give it a listen. I work really hard on it, and so do they. But I also edit. So <laughs> Greg works so hard on it. Well, guy also guy also helps me with some of the Patreon yeah, editing. So okay, but you, I, you work Greg, harder. I, than I, guy. I do the editing and then I send it to you, and then you give like the magic touch you put more effort into the show that's fine <laughs> also guy guy has edited like two episodes you've yep. edited like it's, 42 it's, it's it's not on the same level okay no, no offense guy either way like i'm nothing without my friends but if you like if you like any of the three of us you'll like ghost on a train <laughs> probably it's great uh hannah where can we find you uh i am also on ghost on a train uh um, as you might have and- heard Yes, and aside from that, uh, I am on Twitter at I'm Tired 81 a handle that I came up with in high school and has never stopped Love being it. accurate. Was the 81 some sort of misdirection, like you didn't want people to, to think you were younger or something? I, I don't remember why I put the 81. As, where can we find you? <laughs> Um, these days I'm mostly on Twitter, um, but I am also, I have a Patreon under the same name, uh, Twitter and Patreon. I am a heroic nonsense, all one word, but the O in nonsense is a zero. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Patreon, and you can find me on Twitch. You can also see my first Valid. eight hour streams of, I think they're currently still up, of Final Fantasy IX on there, where every other- I don't know <laughs> if they're going to be up by the time this episode is, Probably not, but... but I could probably save them, but they, yeah, it's, um, yeah, where every other word was Vivi, mm-hmm. my boy, and Steiner, himbo extreme, <laughs> like, I just, that was every other word, but yes, um, that's where I'm at. Dope. Tony, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at any of the various Faustian nonsense Twitter accounts that I run. You can find me at Dakara Smith on Twitter. Um, and yeah, or any of the other FN accounts if you'd like to reach me. I'm Guy. You can find me by sending an email to at diskspacepod at gmail.com. Uh, maybe on Twitter soon enough or through the various Faustian nonsense channels. Check me out on Ghosts on a Train as has been previously stated. And with that, we have been the Disk Space Cadets, and we are ejecting. Take care, y'all. Oh, no! Oh, no, I don't have my space suit! Ah! Disk (laughs) Space is blasting off again. Brought to you by Faustian Nonsense and Greg Karobas. I run and edit Ghosts on a Train. You can find me on Twitter at Gerg Candlestick. Hannah Levin from Ghosts on a Train. Twitter at I'm Tired 81. Tony DeCaro Smith, Marketing Director of Faustian Nonsense and Player in East Coast Adventures. Guy Swibel from Ghosts on a Train at Ghosts underscore Train on Twitter. My name is Azrael and I'm a freelance illustrator. You can find my art and other hot takes on pop culture media over on Twitter at Heroic Nonsense. Except nonsense is spelled with a zero instead of an O. Thank you for playing. Faustian Nonsense is a podcast network, an artist commune, and an incubator for creative projects. If you love what we do, consider supporting FN by joining our Patreon, where you can receive cute network pet pictures, behind-the-scenes content, or even access to a library of assets to use in your own projects. Without your support, the world of audio fiction will be overrun by corporate media, drowning out indie creators. We need your help now more than ever. Visit patreon.com slash Faustian Nonsense to become a patron.